Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Hardcore Orange, a predominantly orange podcast. I'm Adam Malnati, joined as always by Ian St. Clair. Ian's going to take some time today. Uh, to talk a little later about how he nailed the Shane Ray pick. What's up, Ian? Not much, Adam. What's up with you? Just hanging out. Uh, obviously, we've got a lot to talk about with the draft last week, um, but that's not where I want to start. I want to start with New England and Tom Brady and the uh, wonderful thing that is Deflate Gate. We get to call something a gate again. I can't stand it. So, uh, go ahead. Tell us all about it. What do you got for me? Well, I can't believe that I actually have to sing the praises of uh, a curly-haired columnist from Boston named Dan Shaughnessy, but Ugh. I kind of have to because he wrote the best piece on Deflategate from anybody in the country this past week, and he basically said that there are two worlds, Patriot World and then reality. Patriot World's got to end. I mean, you're, you're talking about a, a place where they just don't think the rules apply to them, and, and it's been constant for the last 15 years. And it's – in, in the reality world, everyone knows that cheers. And it's, it's not so much that you hate us because you ain't us. No, we hate you because you're cheaters. Exactly. And this is, and this is in my opinion, for this one – this is more of a tricky dick moment. This is a Richard Nixon cover up is worse than the crime. I mean, who really cares what the football does? I mean, it's not going to affect the game. The outcome of that game was decided before anybody ever even ever took the field, just because the Patriots were that much better than the Colts. But it's the fact that they won't just come out and say, "Yeah, we did this." Sorry, but, right? It's the other part of it too. Is if you go back to uh, Bounty Gate. It was. It's the integrity of the game, exactly. and with any sport, whether you go back to the Black Sox scandal in nineteen nineteen, or whatever, it's the integrity of the game. Pete Rose and, in the in the '80s, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So no, I when you start to question the integrity of the game and think that you can get away with skirting the rules and the rules don't apply to you, and especially when you're a repeat offender and have been proven guilty of cheating in the past, it, it's just. I, I don't see how they uh, all can do anything but drop the hammer on the Patriots. Right. I just I don't see it. I mean, I, I guess no more Thanksgiving dinners at, at Bob Kraft's house for Roger Goodell. Is that is that what we're looking at? I'll bet the spread is nice. That's something that he's sacrificing. Well, he's not going to get an apology anymore from Roger Goodell as uh, Robert Kraft so uh, Demanded. beautifully stated it during yeah. the Super Bowl. We can apology. We want an apology. Which is, what? What's an apology? You know, when you apologize for something, I think it's more internal than external. Maybe that's what he was going for. He wanted Roger Maybe. Goodell to apologize to himself. Uh, you know. <laughs> Maybe he should apologize for drafting Aaron Hernandez because that's probably going to happen before Roger Goodell apologizes. Yeah. You know, that's that's another thing that goes with it, though. You see this institution, this football team that, that they do. They see themselves as above the law, I think. They see themselves as, as better than everybody else. 
I, I you know we were talking about it when we were doing sort of the the build up where we were talking about what we we're going to talk about today, and I was talking about you can't you can't get rid of Brady for too long, this that and the other. But I think you you made a pretty good point about the integrity of the game and how Roger Goodell is is more focused on protecting the shield than anything else. Yeah, and it's to me in situations like this, and whether it's law or anything else, uh, as an employer, it's all based on precedent. And Goodell set the precedent when he suspended Sean Payton a full year for Bounty Gate. Right. And Sean Payton was a first time offender. Bill Belichick is now a second-time offender. Exactly. So wouldn't that suggest that it should be at least two seasons for Bill Belichick? It should be multiple first-round picks? You could go a lot of directions with it. I do th- I do think they should definitely lose draft picks. I think there should be some type of, of salary cap sanction on them. I mean, why not hit them where it really hurts, and that is the product on the field? Because you find a team like that – Robert Kraft is a multi-multi-millionaire. He doesn't give two shakes of a lamb's tail about the money that you're going to find him. And and Tom Brady could retire on his wife's retirement and doesn't have to worry about the money he's making in the NFL. So rather than take away money that really doesn't even matter to them anyway, hit him on the field where it hurts, and maybe that will make a change. I think that that's, that's what's got to happen from, from the NFL standpoint, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. You, you have to take Belichick off the field. You have to take Brady off the field. It, it, I, I think I, I said this on Twitter. I've, I've heard anywhere from two to four. I don't think that's enough. I think you have got to send a message that this is your premier franchise in the NFL for the last 15 years. They've won more Super Bowls over the last 15 years than anybody. But they've also been a team that's cheated the most times. Right. So you have got to send a message and I think Belichick should be suspended at least two seasons. I think Brady needs to be suspended at least eight. And I think he has forfeited his right to appeal when he said that he didn't want the union to get involved. Right. When he said he didn't want the union involved, he forfeited the right to have the union defend him in an appeal. That's so a really good I, point. That's a really good point I, because I, I what you see with these a lot of times is a guy gets suspended and then he appeals and they cut it in half or whatever it may be. I, th- I think him saying that takes that op- option off the table. Whatever it is, Goodell has got to get this right because he's botched so many of these from the beginning. It started with Ray Rice and then it's going on now with Greg Hardy. Right. And I'm glad Greg Hardy got suspended 10 games. I really am. I don't think he should be playing given all the just the awful things that he that, that are in the police report when he right. was still in Carolina. Right. Um, he, he has to get this right. He, and he, he may come down harder, and maybe he should because of that alleged, or it's not alleged, because of the obvious connection that he has with Robert Kraft and how no, you're right. there may be some sort of favoritism. I think, so. I think that's an issue there that, that, that really plays – plays into this is that he doesn't want to look like he's playing favorites with with Robert Kraft and the Patriots because of who he is you know his his relationship with him he's he's got to come down hard on him or this is just going to look like good old boys you know buddy buddy I'll, you do for me I'll do for you you know hand holding and it's it it can't it can't continue the NFL will survive I think that the NFL is the most popular sport in America today 
for more than just the Patriots. And so whatever he chooses to do with it, the NFL will survive one way or the other. People didn't stop watching football last season because they botched the Ray Rice uh, situation. They screwed it up, and they needed to get it get it right, and they didn't. But people didn't stop watching, you and I included, obviously. And people won't stop watching uh, if Greg Hardy's suspension is reduced. And people won't stop wa- People wouldn't stop watching the NFL if Aaron Hernandez walked on the field to start the season next season. Uh, well, some people might, but but I you, what I, I guess what I'm saying is there's enough commercial appeal there that people aren't going to go away. People aren't going to stop watching the game. They love the game of football, and so really, he's got to get it right. But more so, he's got to get it right for his own legacy in the sport than anything else. At least that's the way I see it. So yeah, um, and I, I and I think it's in terms of the popularity of the NFL, I, I think it's more so. It's kind of like. Um, it's always a touchy subject to bring up government, but I, I think you view the NFL as the federal government, and then the 32 teams are each individual state. That's a good way to look so at I, it. I think there's a love for each of the 32 states as opposed to the NFL. Right. I don't watch the NFL because I like the sport. I watch the NFL because I'm a fan of the Broncos. Exactly. I'm a Denver Broncos fan. I'm not an NFL fan. Now, that doesn't mean I won't watch the Super Bowl if the Broncos aren't in it. Of course I will. Uh, but the, at the end of the day, you ask me, why do you watch Why do you watch football? I watch football because I love the Denver Broncos. I don't watch yeah. as much college football as I do professional football. Well, it's because I don't have a connection to a college football team that, you know that I care that much about. Whereas with the Broncos, I watch the NFL because I love the Broncos. I think you're right about that. that's a that's a that's a good analogy. I, I just it, 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 and I mentioned it earlier, but Dell has said he he said it in the past that all he cares about is the integrity of the shield, and he he laid down the gauntlet on the Saints for Bounty Gate. He has to do it again with the Patriots. And not just because of the integrity of the shield, but because this is a franchise that has now done it twice. Yep. And it, it, it obviously didn't work. The punishment the first time around didn't work. It absolutely did no de- de- determinant for them doing it again. So now he has to come down even harder. And he has to come down even harder than he did the Saints and Sean Payton and that organization when he lays this punishment whatever it's going to be on the patriots right. this week. And I mean he can he can cite lack of institutional control and 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 make t- and make Bill Belichick go away for a while. He can uh he you know he can cite involvement and lack of uh compliance for Brady and say you know you didn't you didn't do what we asked you to do uh by giving over the cell phone or whatever and I you know that I think that he's got uh you know ground to stand on there. Um, I think you're right. He's got to come down hard. I, do I think he will? No, I don't. I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna crush them in any way. I think he's probably. I think you might see Belichick get a year. You might see Brady get eight games. I think that that's a possibility. But I don't. I don't think it'll be more than that. I think the other thing you mentioned, pre- with precedence being set, I think that the precedence was set, and so one year might be what he goes with for Belichick because of that precedence of one year for. Sean Payton, that might be his his rationale there, and suspending a, a player for for a cover up like this, that's going to be tricky. I think he needs to do it, but I think it'll be tricky. I'll be curious to see what happens, and obviously this is all going to play out over the next, you know, over the coming weeks and before the season starts. Uh, it's just nice to see that something came out 
considering I think most people were starting to think this was just going to sort of go away. So we'll, we'll yeah. see what happens from there. Uh, let's let's move on to the draft. Let's go ahead and and, and talk about the draft. I'm going to give you give you the the microphone, so to speak. Go ahead, Ian. Tell tell everybody about how smart you are. That's that's fine. Well, I obviously wasn't too smart since if you go back and listen to that podcast before the draft, I actually called it Michael Ray instead of Shane. <laughs> so I, I can't I can't be too smart. But when you have an opportunity to get a, a guy in the top ten in that part of the draft, you have to do it. And what's interesting to me is if you look at any mock draft prior to the draft, most people had him going number eight to the Falcons. Yeah. And he drops to number 23 to the Broncos. And people say, well, they don't need a pass rusher. You can never have enough pass rushers. Mm. I don't care if you have 15 of them. You can't have enough. Exactly. So I, I thought that if he did drop, just knowing Elway and the fact that he's drafted defense each of his first-round picks – the five years he's been general manager, it's just uh, and, and knowing that outside pass rusher or defensive end was going to be the, the focus for him and the draft. It just yeah, it made, it made sense. sense. You you definitely I think this kid is going to he's going to be a star. He is going to be a star. He is a Von Miller type player, and if you can put him opposite Von Miller, because Demarcus Ware isn't going to be around much longer. No, he's not. You're right. And to learn from Demarcus Ware and to learn from Von Miller. You basically have two Von Millers now, and that's yeah. a bad thing. No, I don't. I don't see it as a bad thing. I think that the the big joke in the media was, you know, of course he gets popped for, you know, driving around with weed in his car, and, and so of course you know Denver drafts him from Colorado, and we talked about that a little bit last week on the on the podcast, and I sort of said, you know, does does John Elway take that risk? And I think John Elway said, yeah, I take that risk. I take that risk for a talent like that any day. And the best part. And we we I immediately sent you a message when they made that pick. The best part is they basically got Shane Ray for Manny Ramirez. And that, that <laughs> every Broncos fan alive should be thanking the little eight pound two ounce baby Jesus that Manny Ramirez is no longer in a Broncos uniform. I like to the picture him in a tuxedo. Tool, an incompetent. <laughs> I get that John Elway thinks that he was a great guy off the field. And he was. Band, but he was a terrible football player. Yep. Terrible. Yeah. he was an idiot. Mm-hmm. No, I think so I, I, that was the I best just, part of that. That's my rant about Man Ram no longer. Because you basically, they were going to cut him anyway. They were. That's you basically it. get Shane Ray for a guy you were going to basically cut. Right. And a fifth round pick, which, pick. whatever. You're going to get that fifth-round pick back from a compensatory pick from all the guys they lost this year. Exactly. So, no, it was great. Get rid of an idiot for a potential star. It was so, great. It was great to see that. I, uh, yeah. you know, I, I really enjoyed. I enjoyed that pick. I did a little fist pump when I saw it, and then I kind of started to laugh because of the conversation we had. And so, you know, I had, to, I had to. I had to say I was pretty excited about that. I think the Broncos draft went well too. I think they. They addressed some needs. They talked to you know they they went out and they got Ty Sambro How does he say it? Is it Sambrelo? Sambreo? Sambrelo. There we go. You know I, that was a good pick. I think that 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 does some things at the line. Um, I like I liked that they went out and got Hewerman. We're going to talk a little bit about him a little later. That one was a, a good pick because Elway's obviously Elway and Kubiak have decided they need as many tight ends as possible. 
uh, and the more tight ends, the merrier. At least 45, right? Yeah, I mean, if they if they could just field a roster of, of Peyton Manning and then, you know, however many other guys they can get at tight end, I think they'd be happy. But that's, you know. And and then also, you know, don't forget, you, you still want Shane Ray on the team. <laughs> and, and then I like the fact that they went out and they got uh, Garcia, Max Garcia. I thought that was great. I thought they, I thought they had a good draft. I walked away from that draft. I didn't, I didn't think it was amazing. I don't think you can grade a draft the day after, the week after, or a month after. It takes a season or two to really look back at a draft and say, was it successful? But just looking at it from here right now, I think they did the things that they wanted to do. They, 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 they got the best talent and they got the positions that they were looking at. And I thought that that was. That was great. It was a good draft for the Broncos. I won't say it was great until a couple of years from now when Shane Ray's, you know, leading the league in sacks and, and whatnot. But it was a pretty good day, pretty good weekend for the Denver Broncos. And I, I think now, and we've touched on this the last previous weeks too, but I think people are going to have a different, they're going to grade the draft from two years ago when Sylvester Williams was the first round pick. They're going to grade that draft differently after they see Sylvester Williams this right. season. Exactly. And then they're going to they're going to grade the one from last year differently when Cody Latimer and Michael Schofield get the chance to play. So I, they now have a coaching staff in place where Elway absolutely brought and will get development out of players, and that did not happen at any point under John Fox, Jack of the River. And that bitter Adam Gase. <laughs> Adam um, Gase. We'll get to we'll get to Mr. Gase a little later. Um, foreshadowing. Yeah, foreshadowing. I like that. I like that. I think I, I think we did a little foreshadowing a minute ago. Um, it, you know, I hate to I hate to talk about this almost, but uh, the other day when we were talking about draft picks and whatnot, we were talking about things. And we talked about tight ends, and then I was thinking about this Dante Fowler kid in Jacksonville and his knee injury, and then. And I wanted to talk about that and how scary that is for rookies when they're coming into the NFL and they go to these rookie camps to see a fellow rookie go down somewhere else. And then lo and behold, it happens in Denver with Hewerman, uh, the the third-round pick, the tight end, a guy who I think that Elway looked at as somebody who um, could develop in the, into a really good player in this Broncos system. And, and now he's out for the season more than likely with an ACL tear as well. Uh, you know that's got to be that's got to that's got to be hard on a, on the psyche of, of all the rookies in camp right now. Not just Hewerman, who he's got to suffer through it, but then they've got to watch this and, and realize it's that quick. You know, yeah. It's not just Hewerman. It's and the players. It's also Kubiak and mm-hmm. and the coaches and then John Elway. I, I mean, one of the first practices and you tear your ACL. I know all the football he's played at Ohio State for the yep. national championship run, and it's just even Dante 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 Fowler Dante Dante Fowler, Fowler. whatever yeah his first practice his very first practice he gets hurt yeah I mean it just talk about awful luck yeah you feel yeah. you feel for these kids who their lives are changing they've give, they've got I mean they've got their whole careers ahead of them and then something like that happens before they even get a chance at at, at doing anything really. And and now they're on. They're just on the road to recovery, and nothing is guaranteed in the NFL. Uh, you know, you just you feel for these kids. You feel bad for them, and ho- hopefully things will work out. Um, I 
I, th- I think that that was that was a bit of a hit. I think the Broncos took a hit there, but I, I think they'll be okay. Um, I think they can survive it. Yeah, that, given so that they speak. have, given that they have thirty five other tight ends on the roster. No, you know what? Um, I'm sorry. My, I just got a message. They've added seven more just in the last five minutes. So we're they're they're tight ending up here. That's that's what they're doing. And it, what's interesting is that it, they they practice like opposed to. 10 years ago, 15 years ago, even a quarter of a century, they practiced way less than they used to. Right. And it just well, I it think... shows you that, that even when you're not in pads and you're not in contact, football is still a... It's a rough it's sport. A, it's a dangerous sport. It's a rough you sport. You put your body at risk every time you step on the field. Yep. I think that, I think that to your point about practices, though, if you look at the quality of play on the field from the beginning of the year to the end of the year... It increases throughout the season because guys are on the field more. And whereas, you know, 15 years ago or 20 years ago, teams would come in ready to go right away uh, or, you know, it might take two or three games for them to get into it and then the quality of play on the field would be good. Without all the hitting, without all the the actual contact in in practice and in, in, in training camp and things like that, it takes them more than that. It takes them six, seven, eight games before teams really get into that. Um, and so I think that I think that all that lack of practice is having an impact on the game as well. So you know it's it's a it, you know it's a it's a catch twenty two in my opinion. You're not you're not as prepared. You're not as ready. Uh, you're more prone to injury when you're not as prepared for the hitting that you're going to get when you step onto the field. I think that that's something that the the league should look at. I think the union should look at it and realize that. It's nice to not have practice, and everybody likes to not have practice. I mean, even in high school, when coach would say, "Okay, no wind sprints or whatever," guys would cheer and whoop and holler, and who, you know, how great is that? Or you get the day off, but at the end of the day, that practice is your conditioning. That's what gets you ready to be on the field and play in the NFL. And I think that they're hurting themselves. I think the the players are hurting themselves by eliminating as much practice as they are eliminating. My take. That's just my take. And I, I, what'll be nice about uh, the change at co- with the coaching staff is Kubiak and his coaching staff are going to make them basically go balls out during the week, and Fox and, the, and his coaching staff didn't do that. Right? They, they didn't push the limits during practice, and that that will change under Kubiak. Right? It should change under Kubiak. I mean, I, I, I we we've, we've talked about it so many times. I'm so happy to see Gary Kubiak with the Denver Broncos and and John Fox not. With the Denver Broncos, that is just great. Uh, you know that I think that's going to work out. Now, <clears throat> what do you think of of Koob's showing the boys Terrell Davis's hit from Japan in '95? Smart, right? I just hope you also said don't load up on hot dogs before you decide to have your own. <laughs> <laughs> um, because there was a chance that Terrell didn't get into that point because he wolfed down two hot dogs yeah. right before that. Um, I think it's awesome because I can say I was his coach. I know Terrell Davis. You know Terrell Davis. By the way, he's going to be in here whenever I want him to be in here. So I, I, I think it's huge. I, I, I don't think he should just show it to – the rookies. I think he should show it to, to the veterans on that roster. I want to. I want to go watch it. I mean, it fires me up. You know, <laughs> it's, it is. It's a great thing to show guys who are fighting for a roster spot. And 
may be on you know on the edge about whether or not they think they should be there or shouldn't be there or is this what's right for me and you show a guy who was he was he wasn't going to make the team he he was he was going to get cut he was going to be a practice squad player and then they said go out and hit somebody and he just went out and leveled whoever it was i can poor guy i can't even remember his name he probably couldn't either after terrell knocked it out of his head so you know i and then the next thing you know, Terrell Davis is a is an MVP player and a Super Bowl MVP player, a Hall of Famer. Although the Hall of Fame doesn't seem to understand how to put Denver Broncos into the Hall of Fame, whole other discussion. Whole but, other discussion. But I mean, that to me is 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 an important lesson to give these guys: go out, give your all, show that you want to be here, show that you deserve to be here, and you'll be here. And it it could. If you really are talented, it could go in this direction. Uh, I, I thought it was a stroke of genius. I thought it was perfect. Stop. Stop if you've heard this phrase before, kicking and screaming. That's right. That's right. Don't don't let them just exit the building with you. You make them drag you out. And the only way you can do that in the NFL is by crushing people on the field. And that's don't what Terrell Davis did. Yeah. Don't get Don't caught off guard. We're not there yet, though. We still got to talk about Adam Gase calling CJ no, Anderson I'm fat. Just, I'm just saying, <laughs> you can scream. Don't get caught off guard. Just know that you always have a chance. Yeah, especially when you have two timeouts. <laughs> Someday we'll let that go, but not no, today. I will never let it go. <laughs> I'll today. be on my deathbed and be like, that POS John Fox had two timeouts, but he took me. You, you'll probably try and call one of the timeouts. You'll call timeout, and you'll try and run a play, and then you'll die. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. But at least you will try. That's what John Fox should have done. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Mr. Gase calling C.J. Anderson a little chubby. You see how he said he got a little chubby? A little chubby. A little chubby. Now, if you hear that wrong, you start to wonder what were they doing in the showers. But <laughs> thank you. But really, what? Why? What? What does he have to gain taking a shot at C.J. Anderson? Nothing. I, I think it. I, I, I just said it showed that he was bitter. I. I mean, the only reason that his offense was any good last year was because of C.J. Anderson. You think that maybe he'd throw a little praise on him instead of. I mean, there's no question that everyone knows that C.J. Anderson came into the training camp last offseason a little, yeah, a little overweight, a little hefty. He, he didn't have a little, a little chubby. Yeah. But I, 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 whatever it is, I, hopefully, I, I think it will motivate C.J. Anderson to be like, well, now I have someone else saying that. Exactly. Maybe that was his I, point. I don't know. I mean, the Broncos have to play the Bears. Do you think you want to? Tick C.J. Anderson off before you before the Denver Broncos come to town. I mean, you already are stuck with Jay Cutler as your quarterback and John Fox as yeah. your head coach. Do you really think that that the Broncos need any more motivation to come in and kick your butt? I mean, come on, Gase. You must not remember that Jay Cutler is his quarterback. Cause well, to be spending more time thinking about what he's going to do with Jay Cutler than. If C.J. Anderson was a little chubby last offseason, you know, it was just sort of an interesting thing to hear him say. I, maybe he was, maybe they're friends still, and he was just just needling him a little bit, just kind of you know getting a few digs in here and there. I mean, C.J. Anderson responded to it on Twitter with a, with a nothing but love for you tweet. I mean, you know, he he clearly didn't take it 
too badly on the outside, but you, you just don't you don't do that to a team to a guy on a team that you're going to play and you know he's going to want to come in and show you. Oh, Chubby, I'll show you, Chubby. Okay, here's my 200 rushing yards and three touchdowns. Peyton Manning didn't even have to do anything today. I mean, don't give a guy that that type of motivation. That's just as Adam Gase has just proven to me that he's really not smart. No, he's not. Either that or he's so dumbfounded at the fact that he's got Jay Cutler as his quarterback after having Peyton Manning as his quarterback that he just is like, ah, crap. <laughs> I, I, I thought I, – I, I asked this on uh, Twitter a couple of days ago. I was just like, or me, because someone was saying that he does realize that Jay Cutler is his quarterback, right? And I was like, no, well, maybe, but maybe he thinks that it was all him about Peyton, that, that he was the one who brought it out of Peyton Manning, yeah. and he'll do it to Jay Cutler. Mm-hmm. He's like one of those girls who thinks that, oh, I can change him. I can change I'm him. I'm going to bring it out of him. Oh, well, you know, he's going to he's gonna learn uh, what it's like to be in the revolving door that is the Jay Cutler offensive coordinator because Jay Cutler has been through 112 offensive coordinators since he arrived in Chicago. Uh, and, you know, some people will say, well, that's why he can't get into a system because they're always changing. No, they're changing because he just kills offensive coordinators, kills them. And now head coaches. And now head coaches. And poor Adam Gase is about to find out what that feels like. And, you know, I almost feel for the guy. Almost. Not really, but almost. And John Fox is going to realize what it's like to not have Peyton Manning. Yeah, that is a, a big change. You know, one thing you can say for Fox is he went to a Super Bowl with Jake DeLome. So, <laughs> yeah, he did. And he may have beaten the Patriots if they had cheated. Yeah, that's true as well. May, may, you know, it all comes full circle. <laughs> yeah, it really does. I wonder how many times he's going to get caught off guard in Chicago. I don't know, probably enough times to make me want to vomit. If he, if he doesn't trust Peyton Manning. And you know how many running plays they're going to run in Chicago? If he couldn't trust Peyton Manning, how many times are they going to run the football in Chicago? Jay Cutler's arm is going to be well-rested. Yeah, Matt Forte is going to... He's not even in camp. Maybe. Matt Forte isn't even in camp. He doesn't even want to be in Chicago. He's like, I don't want to deal with that mess. (laughs) Trade me. Cut me. Do something. Get rid of me. I just don't want to be here anymore. John Fox is my coach. Yeah, John Fox is my coach and Jay Cutler is my quarterback. What hell is this? Dante wrote about it in in Dante's Inferno. I believe it's the sixth it's the sixth circle of hell, if I'm not mistaken. Sorry, I didn't mean to get I didn't mean to get all edumacated on you. My bad. Yeah, we may have caught them off guard with that. Yeah, well, I was definitely caught off guard with that. <laughs> have we been caught off? I think we have been caught off guard. Is it that? Is no, it a? Really? Is we it? Have? Yeah. It is it. Oh, oh we're man. Gonna pull, we're gonna have to pull a take a knee, John Fox. Alright, well let's take a knee. Let's let's head back into the locker room and regroup and then come back out and figure this out. Well I know we've got time, but let's just let's just let's just take a knee. Alright, man. Well we will We have no other choice. Yeah, we'll just have to take a knee. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus